All right, we are in the Gospel of Matthew. We're doing discussions in Matthew where I read a section. I talk briefly about it and then we uh, stop the recording and have some conversation. This has been, I think, for me, uh, a particular thrill because of the children participating so um, sincerely and uh, maturely in the process. I think that... uh, should give you parents hope about the next generation as they are growing in grace and in knowledge of the Lord, that your work and labor in the Lord has not been in vain. So we are in uh, the uh, Sermon on the Mount that I thought we'd do in three times. We're up to our fifth, and uh, we'll see. We may need one more to get through it, but that's all right. And uh, we're at um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Uh, I did read this and and covered uh, the three verses there and then stopped. I want to go all the way through um, this section and talk about it. And then we'll open it up and look at that. Because this is a... uh, We'll have the discussion. This section really needs to be understood uh, together. So Jesus says to the uh, people who have gathered... Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where there is neither moth nor rust destroying and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I talked about this last time. Jesus is telling them basically to be focused on eternity and not this present life. The temporal is not where our focus is to be. Our focus is to be on eternal things. So he says, store up treasures uh, in heaven. Now, he's going to give us some insight as to how to do that in the next verses. In 22 he says, the eye of the lamp, uh, the eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You cannot uh, serve two masters, uh, for a man will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Now, I want to talk about this, uh, then we'll, we'll stop, but the context isn't completed, because the next section fits into this as well. So we need to see that we're not breaking at a uh, subject matter. So Jesus tells them that they are to lay up treasures in heaven. This notion is related to what he's going to talk about and you can't serve God and mammon. Mammon there is the God of prosperity or money and he's basically saying you can't serve your economics and you can't serve God. Two masters, one about my own security, about my own livelihood, and the other about the kingdom of God. He's already said that we are to put treasures in heaven because there our heart will be, then our treasure will match that. Now this statement about the eye of the lamp, is uh, the eye is the lamp of the body, is easily misunderstood. It's misunderstood for two reasons. One is it talks about the bad eye 
or the evil eye. And there are a lot of Mediterranean cultures that use the idea of an evil eye in terms of a curse. And so it's easy to misunderstand this. What he's really talking about is a Jewish concept of being generous or being stingy. The person with a clear eye, the person with a good eye, is looking clearly to see the needs of others and eternity, and therefore is generous in that context. The other person is more focused within himself. He darkens his life, not seeing the needs of others, and his eye becomes evil, and his darkness then becomes greater. That, that folding in and focusing on self rather than focusing on those around you. So it's that that he is talking about in this context. And so he's saying that if we are generous to others, if we see their needs and give to those needs, we are actually illuminating our whole person and laying up treasures in heaven. Scripture says that when we give to the poor, we lend to the Lord. And so this notion is about being a steward of this life with eternity in mind and laying up treasures in heaven in that sense. And that's why he says, if you, if you focus on yourself, your eye becomes darkened and you only worry about your own needs, what you end up doing is walking and stumbling in darkness and you no longer serve the Lord, but you serve the God of prosperity and mammon and money in that sense. So that's the, the entrance to this section where he's going to talk about this, and we'll pick it up at verse 25 in a minute. But let's stop now, and if there are any discussion on this part, we'll go ahead and do that. Okay, so now we're going to pick it up at verse 25. Remember, he's talking about being generous, not stingy, putting treasures in heaven, and not on earth. So now in that context he says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life, as to what you will eat, what you will drink, nor your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than food, and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your Father feeds them. Are you not worth more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe the lilies of the field. They do not toil and they do not spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. So if God clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear for clothing? For the nations, the Gentiles, eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble for its own. Now this text is more difficult for us. 
it's more difficult for us because at the time that um, Jesus is teaching this, they are living in a fairly uh, pastoral and agrarian society where they would make some things to get a little extra money. A lot of them were growing their own food or doing some things. Wages were not a big deal. So most people lived what we would call a subsistence living. A subsistence living is you have enough food to eat, you have clothing, you have shelter, you have something to do, and you're able to live kind of a daily life. It's a fairly simple life. So what Jesus is saying is, that seems to be the level of contentment. In fact, there is a biblical text that says, having food and clothing, therewith be content. That's a pretty low bar of contentment. Most of us live above that level of contentment. So that ties into this and why it's difficult for us. The issue is that we're not supposed to be primarily focused on our our living because God will take care of that. He gives two examples, one related to food and the other one related to clothing. The one related to food is the birds one and the notion is that they do not, uh, birds don't have Now, they build nests, but they don't have refrigerators, and they don't have pantries, and they don't have that. They have to go each day to get their daily bread, their daily food, right? The Lord's Prayer, uh, give us each day our daily bread. So there is a lower standard of contentment than what we tend to think of. We want to make sure the pantries are full and all of that. So Jesus is basically saying you shouldn't be overly concerned about the food because God takes care of the birds and therefore he will take care of you. I think I told you guys several times about the uh, time I was thinking about this song, I mean this passage, and I was uh, at that time at First Baptist Westminster and I would eat at the McDonald's before I would go into the church and there were these birds... Uh, I had listened to the song, They Paved Paradise and Put in a Parking Lot. And I'm watching these birds on the parking lot of McDonald's, and they were eating dropped French fries, and they were eating bags of ketchup, and they were eating all this stuff. And I thought, even with uh, man stopping the natural food process for these birds, they're eating, and I happened to notice that these birds were pretty... uh, heavy. They were fat birds. So I went to the church and I said to the congregation, we're going to sing His Eye is on the Sparrow, but we're not going to say Sparrow. We're going to sing His Eye is on the Fat Birds, and I know He watches me. And I told them about McDonald's, and people went over there and saw them. God takes care of His creation. And so He's the, the Scripture is saying to us, God knows we need food. God knows we need water. God knows we have these things. And he is not going to make that unavailable. And where it becomes unavailable to one, we who have additional should be able to help. That's the context here, right? So the idea is that if we will have our eyes open to the needs, 
God will distribute unevenly so that we can redistribute and make sure that all God's people are taken care of in that sense. Uh, And so, in that framework, he says, uh, don't worry about those. Don't make that your priority. By the way, by worrying, you can't add one hour to your life. You can actually shorten your life by worrying it. Um, I remember at the El Medina Friends Church, we used to put signs up to try to get people to think. And one of them that we had up said, why have faith when you can have ulcers? And we had this verse down there, right? So the, you, know, you can worry yourself into uh, ill health. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The, his righteousness is the obedience to his commandments in that context where we are caring for one another. Uh, and then not worrying about tomorrow. Because that's the other thing we do. Well, I, I've got enough to share today, but I don't know if I'll have enough to share tomorrow. And therefore, we don't share today. Right? So, again, our economy is different. We do have retirement issues and other things to think about. But that should not prevent us from being helpers of others in this context. And that's, that's really the message that Jesus is giving here. And he's also saying, in a sense, you don't know the future. There's going to be plenty of problems tomorrow. You can worry about those tomorrow. You should be dealing with today, today. And that is important. Now, one more thing I want to say, then we can do the questioning. In the context of this, uh, he says, um, verse 30, If God clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown in the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now, I've translated that for my own sake, oh, short-sighted ones. I'm back to the vision here. We are to have eternal perspective. We are to see the needs of others. And we are to function because we are the body of Christ. And we are to be uh, doing the work of God in this context. And so part of this is uh, being open to those needs and seeing that. Now... We're not going to solve all of the problems, right? Uh, But we can help where we are. That's the tikkun olam aspect. But we can become short-sighted in this process, forgetting that this is really about our participation with the Lord in His creation. So I think that's important. So we'll shut the tape.